It was a cold night in November, and the heater in her old Volvo had died 40 miles back. Jamie stared straight ahead into the darkness, ignoring the warning lights on her dashboard, ignoring everything but her final destination. She'd put soothing New Age music on the CD player, but it hadn't managed to calm her. She'd grown even more tense, trying to fight the soporific effects of the soft music, until her hands were numb from gripping the steering wheel. What the hell was she doing here? Nate was dead, murdered three months ago. Coming here wouldn't change anything. It wouldn't stop the pain. She focused on the road, trying to stay alert after 17 hours of driving. Nate was dead, and no one could tell her what happened. He'd been found bludgeoned to death in an old garage in Cooperstown, Wisconsin, and no one seemed to give a damn. The police had given up after what had been only a cursory investigation. It was a drug deal gone wrong, they said. They had more important things to spend their time on. Three months had passed, and everyone had forgotten. Everyone but Jamie Kincaid and her mother. Nate had come into their family when he was ten years old, his own parents dead in a tragic fire, and he'd always been more of a brother than a cousin. More of a son to Isabel and Victor Kincaid than a nephew. Maybe even more of their own child than Jamie, it had seemed at times. But she always quashed that paranoid, disloyal thought. Her parents loved her, just as they loved Nate. Everyone loved charming, feckless Nate, with his glorious smile and easy charm. And he even looked like her parents, with his dark, Kincaid good looks and brown eyes. A resemblance the paler, adopted Jamie had always lacked. It didn't matter. Never had mattered to her. There was enough love in their small family to go around, no matter what disasters befell them and disasters had followed Nate like a vengeful guardian angel, ending in his own murder, a thousand miles from home, a thousand years away. The police didn't care. Isabel did. After she'd learned of his death, she'd sunk into a deep, angry depression, not eating, not leaving the house, mourning her lost nephew with a fierce, almost biblical passion. But both Isabel and Jamie needed answers before they could let him rest in peace. And after a bleak, broken Thanksgiving, Jamie had gotten in her old car and driven a thousand miles to get those answers. If she'd thought twice about it, she never would have left Marshfield, Rhode Island. The roads had been crowded with holiday travelers rushing to and from warm family gatherings. Her car was on its last legs, barely reliable enough to get her to and from work at the small private school where she taught. It wasn't up to heroic efforts and it was telling her so. The windshield wipers had stopped working hours before. Fortunately, the rain had stopped as well. She'd passed the Wisconsin state line hours ago, left the interstate to wander on the dark, wet roads outside the city. It seemed like the final indignity to die in Wisconsin, Jamie thought. Nate was such a flamboyant, larger-than-life character. He should have died spectacularly, not in some squalid room over top of a garage. But Dylan Gaynor had seen to it that he had. Nate's lifelong best friend, his nemesis, the person who'd dragged him into the gutter and held him down there. The man Nate had called Killer, who might have lived up to his name three months ago. The police had even taken him in for questioning, but they'd let him go. Never filed charges and simply closed the case when other... More important issues took their attention. And the question that haunted Jamie was simple. 
Had Dylan Gaynor gotten away with murder?